Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Parallel Physiques podcast. This week, we have a great conversation, Coach Kenneth and I, about ways to cultivate self-awareness or connection to self. This was a great conversation. Hopefully, you get a lot out of it. We went really in-depth with six different ways that you can connect to yourself in order to help you move forward in your health journey or whatever journey you happen to be on. Um, even giving examples from our own lives about how these things have helped us and why it's so important to be able to cultivate that self-awareness. It's really the only way we can make progress moving forward. So welcome to episode 10. Super excited for you all to hear this. Let us know your thoughts um, and check out the show notes. We will get right into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Parallel Physiques podcast. I am Coach Laura, one of your hosts for today. <laughs> Kenneth is laughing. I like, it, was like, it was like jazz hands. Jazz hands. Oh, remember Willie? For the Grace? people that, yes. Oh, my God, that was the best. For anyway, the people listening and not watching when Laura said episode 10, she threw up both hands and it just made me laugh because it looked like she was doing jazz hands. Jazz hands. Yeah. Just Jack. Anyway, that is great. I love <laughs> I watch rewatch. I watch episodes of that. I'm like, um, not Netflix. <clears throat> Netflix. Yeah, sometimes on Netflix, I guess. Anyway, and Coach Kenneth is here today, of course, and we are going to address the subject of self-awareness and we're going to talk about it in terms of connecting to self right because self-awareness is all about knowing ourselves better um, and we're actually going to give you six and i'm using my hands a lot today if you can those of you who are not watching this on youtube go to youtube it'll be a fun day <laughs> um god knows what's going to happen with my hands today but um uh we're going to give you six uh, six ways that you can cultivate um, more connection with yourself in order to build self-awareness. Kenneth has been doing a ton of work on this with himself. Um, this is something that I try to work on a lot. And we were talking before we jumped on here that um, if you're looking at coaching, if you're looking at getting a coach, or if you are a coach, right, this is one of those key components to being successful in your transformation or your health journey, whatever reason, you know, whatever reason you are getting together with a coach, no matter what kind of coach it is, right, is you need the part of that journey, part of that process is becoming more self-aware because you're not going to change and you're not going to become a better version of yourself if you can't find that self-awareness. Yeah, and I just think it, I think too, it's just like when you take a survey across sort of everybody that you know, uh, or even people that you don't know, there's just a lack of self-awareness in our society. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with when you, when you become self-aware, you realize like you have fucked up parts of you that <laughs> you need to work on and nobody really wants to work on stuff. So <clears throat> it's a, it's an easy thing to move through life and not have to address things if you're not self-aware. So um, but yeah, do you want to talk about, are you going to like label the one 
the the stuff or do you want to kind of dive into work? No, you know what? I think it's super, it's always more interesting, right? Like we can give you all the six things and do that and whatever. Let's hear the story first, right? So I think okay. the, the reason that we came up with this and we were like, this is really important to talk about is because of the things that you've come to understand this week, right? Because when we talk right, about yeah. self-awareness with people or connection <clears throat> to self, people are like, okay, so I don't know, like, what are you talking about? I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that looks like. What are you even talking about? And I think you have such a great example from your week of like yeah. this huge revelation that occurred for you. And it wasn't like, you know, we talk about revelation, like, oh, it came down from the heavens and like, revelation no no this is actual work that your brain has been doing that all of a sudden comes to the forefront for you yeah so for for the people that are listening that don't know me i i've been in counseling on and off for 10 years <clears throat> um i consider myself a pretty self-aware person uh so much so that i stopped going to counseling for like two years and i thought man i got this thing nailed I'm good. Next thing I know, life experiences hit. Don't have it. Time to go back to counseling. Go back to counseling. And it's been this uh, journey of figuring out sort of traumatic events that have happened in my life that have turned into patterns that happen in my personal life that turn into uh, just difficult it's a difficulty to like manage my emotions or whatever it is, right? There's all kinds of different things that kind of pile up when you, <clears throat> when you haven't really dealt with some stuff. So anyway, start diving in with my counselor, had a event, uh, happen a week ago. Uh, I had some loss happen and, um, it, it really got me introspective because I, I had such a, negative feeling that happened after this particular event happened it was it was I was just sort of devastated <clears throat> so as I went into counseling um I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit as I'm talking the the things that I realized is like I have really high expectations for people and I have those really high expectations because I have really high expectations for myself and when people don't meet my expectations that are almost impossible to meet because I can barely meet my own expectations, mm. um, then I'm, I get hurt. I don't get disappointed necessarily. I don't, I don't think that's the word, but I get hurt because I see someone's potential in them and they're not, they don't even want to achieve that potential. And that's a hard thing to process for me because I'm always working on myself and I'm trying to meet my potential. And that's a whole ball of wax. It's, you know, that's, that's my own problem. But so we're talking about this, my counselor and I, I actually asked her if she'd be on the podcast and she said no. Oh, really? Oh. When she said no, she's like, I don't think that would be good from a client uh, therapist oh. relationship standpoint thing, like HIPAA thing, maybe. 
But I told her, I was like, you really, you really have some great insight. And honestly, she didn't say much this week, which like some good therapists, that's what they don't, they just don't speak. They let you come to it on your own. Mm. So <clears throat> I started thinking about this thought of like my projection of um, my own expectations on other people. And I do that with my clients. I, I do that with some of my friends. I don't typically do that with the people closest to me. And, uh, and I don't necessarily always communicate to my clients that that is what's happening. And um, ultimately, what, what came about was when I have these high expectations and people don't meet them, I, I always get let down to the point to where it like, it dysregulates me emotionally. Yeah. And when I get dysregulated emotionally, then I make rash decisions or I get down and out and I can't function or I can't take care of myself. And really ultimately that's like a boundary thing too, potentially. But <clears throat> the driving force behind all of it, I, right before I walked into counseling, I was on social media for a minute and there was this article about Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And I hope everyone knows who these individuals are. If you don't, please look it up. Um, they're <laughs> NBA basketball players. And the, the, the article was literally like, who's the best basketball player that's ever lived? LeBron James, who's currently in the league, and then Michael Jordan, who was in the league until the 90s. And he when he retired like seven championships he was in my opinion the greatest to ever play the game um well they were interviewing Stephen a smith and he's been a sports commentator for the last number of years and he's actually born in lumberton north carolina which is not too far from here which is really weird and um he said michael jordan no he said, LeBron James is highly respected across the league. He's won like two championships, maybe three. I don't remember. He's also been on multiple teams. Jordan only played on two teams. Mm -hmm. uh, LeBron James also had like a top five draft pick, at least playing alongside him the majority of the time. And Jordan didn't like ever. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so if you just look at it from the stats, Michael Jordan has more rings. LeBron James doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty easy to determine. However, this commentator said LeBron James is respected. He said Michael Jordan is feared. And I was like, ooh, I like, I like the idea of being feared. Cause I'm really competitive. I'm so competitive that when I was watching the last dance, which is the documentary on Michael Jordan, I could sit there and I could listen to him talk. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I think like he does. I am not Michael Jordan by any means. I do not have a skill set that is excellent. That is not what I'm saying here, but my competitive nature is the same. So, <clears throat> he tells this story of how him and uh, Steve Kerr, one of his teammates, who was not 
on his level. Mm-hmm. But Michael Jordan had the expectation for him to be on his level because if he passed the ball to, to Steve Kerr and he shot the ball and he missed, that means they were going to lose. And there was no losing with Michael Jordan. And I was like, wow, that's exactly how I feel. And so I really like to control outcomes. One of the things about coaching is I can't control the outcome, Mm -hmm. right? I have to rely on my clients to do what I tell them to do. And that's going to bring us to the outcome. It is the epitome of being a, a selfless teammate that guides someone through a process I can't take the ball and take the winning shot. However, that's my nature. That's what I would rather do. And I've always worked this hard and I've always been this competitive because when I was little, you know, when you're getting picked for kickball and there's like two people, the team leaders, and they're picking, okay, you next, you next. And I always got picked last. Mm-hmm. Me too. Always got picked last. Yeah. <laughs> and and then that translates to my personal life. I've always been picked last. I've always kind of been the underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in my coaching, like, I think this year is going to be a little different. I think me and Ryan Farid are going to fuck some people up on stage. But there's some, there's some situations where coming into a scenario, you know, in a competitive scenario, I've been the underdog. I've won sometimes and I've lost sometimes. But... I I just don't typically get the respect that I feel like maybe I should get Mm -hmm. based on the type of coach that I am. So anyway, I finally get to the realization that um, my expectations are high for myself because I never have been picked first and I strive to be a person that someone would want to pick first. Mm-hmm. So then I take that expectation and I apply it across the board, except for the people that are closest to me. So the, like even Laura, Laura is one of my closest friends. I probably have more grace for Laura than I do <laughs> even myself or anyone else in my life because I know her well and I know where she probably struggles and I, I accept those struggles and it's fine. Like all that's fine for me. But the further you are from my inner circle, the higher my expectations are for you. And um, with all that being said, it has me reevaluating how I look at other people and boundaries. And also just, it's made me realize like, where I'm lacking as a person Mm. in my own self-awareness. I mean, I've been this way for fucking 40 years. Right. Like I was watching Michael Jordan, like when I was in fucking high school, you know, middle school, stuff like that. And like the, the trauma of not getting picked first happened in middle school. Like we, like this is something that has been in, in ingrained in me deeply for a really long time so to for me to just now wake up to the fact that like oh i've never been picked first and oh i have these expectations that are out of control and oh and i apply it to everyone that i fucking know and like that's a problem because no one's going to meet my expectations and 
really at the root, at the root of all of it, and what my therapist and I were talking about is we shouldn't have expectations for anybody. Wait a second, though. Let's back up. Let's back up before you get to that part. Okay. I think it's really interesting that you brought up the fact that this is something that has been kind of a theme for you since middle school. But it's not something that you've ever explored intentionally, right? It's just been that thing that's been running in the back of your brain. And it's been running as, you know, kind of like, um, you know, like we, you know, the cars that we drive, we get in, we drive, we go, it gets us somewhere, right? It serves us, it serves a purpose for us. That, that has been running in the back of your brain because it served a purpose for you. And it was an unconscious subconscious thing that was happening. That was actually something that was moving your life in a variety of directions and moving your thoughts and your choices in a variety of directions without your knowledge. Right. And so that that is really interesting because, number one, that leads into I mean, that's why we're having this conversation is because self-awareness is so important to be able to figure out what that thing is or those things are that are making you make the choices. Right. And most of those things do come from when we were in middle school is a real tough time, man. So most of the time, those things come from either in middle school with friends or our family of origin or something like that. And we've just continued to use them because we've never addressed them until like the biggest key to self-awareness is when you notice a strong negative reaction to something like you did, you stop and you go, wait a minute, this is something that I should pay attention to. And for you, you got to go to a counselor and have the conversation. Yeah, but I will say this, I sat in silence and I, it's funny, my internet went down over the weekend and I couldn't, I could not do check-ins. I couldn't get on, I couldn't, I could get on my phone, but it was like slow, you know? So I had to sit there with my dogs and I had to address what was going on in my head. And I do that kind of anyway, like sort of in general, I'm sort of an introspective person. So like, that's kind of a normal thing. However, um, I didn't have any distractions at all. Mm. So, and I also had some conversations with people that dug some shit up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, when you're having conversations that are deep, maybe with people that understand you or that are, you know, maybe they're getting to know you on a deeper level. And they ask those like questions that are like unpacking certain things, then all of a sudden you take that information and you start to digest it in the back of your head. And so like, here I am, I'm kind of throughout the whole weekend. I probably was just processing all this stuff subconsciously. And by the time I walked into my counselor's office and I sit down in front of her, I'm probably three quarters of the way there. Right. And then she, she's wise enough as a professional to be like, Oh, let me direct this conversation so that maybe it opens Pandora's box a bit. And I sat there, I shit you not. When, when I figured out that I was projecting my expectations on other people, 
I sat there like dumbfounded. I literally looked at her and I was like, how the hell did we get here? And she's like, I, I don't actually know. And I'm like, I just sat there and I, and I literally was like, well, I'm the fucking problem. And she said, yeah, uh, we should probably put that in a more like positive light. Mm-hmm. But the root is you are creating your own problems. Right. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's where like the light bulb went off and I'm talking to you on the phone and I'm like, how often do we see clients? How often do we see other coaches? How often do we see friends of ours that like, maybe they're under this rain cloud or maybe they're in the middle of a situation and you're just like, Nancy, really? Can you just (laughs) see where you are? I see where you are. We can't see where you are. You like, just like wake up to the fact that this is the situation. Yeah. And so then we started talking about self-awareness. So anyway, you know, though, yeah, that's think about that, that, right? That's, that's too, you know, you're, you're saying it took you 40 years, whatever, 30, whatever. Cause you're only 40, my friend. So give yourself a little credit, but like 30 years to come to this, all of a, this, all of a sudden realization, right? Which is never all of a sudden. Because what we know is our brain has been working on it and working on it and working on it like undercover and we just don't pay attention because one of the keys that we're going to talk about ways to cultivate self-awareness is we don't take a lot of time to sit and be with ourselves and not be distracted. And you brought that up, right? Um, Also, though, it does take time to get through that and to figure that out. And having someone like you said, which is cultivation tip number two, having people to talk to about it was important. That helped to kind of bring it out more. But then when we talk about coaching and self-awareness with coaching and the fact that we're like, hey, Nancy, like I am here as a third party objective person as your coach, you're paying me to do this job. You gotta tell me the stuff because I can see stuff that maybe you can't. And it's not because I'm better than you. It has nothing to do with that. It's because I'm not you. Right. It's because yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. you. And so that is huge when we think about working with a coach. When we think about because that coach is going to take the 30 years and hopefully it'll only take, you know, whatever, however time. Right. If we're going to work on it for a year. Right. We're hoping that things coaches can help, like, make it happen faster for us. Right. However, yeah you said this too, you have to be open to it, right? Like I've had clients- A lot of people aren't. No, and I've had, I mean, just recently, um, I had to let a client go because it. I was putting more work into her transformation and her journey than she was, because I was always thinking about, like I was very aware of what she needed, where she was, what's going on. Admittedly, she wasn't necessarily telling me everything, um, on her own, but there were things that I could extrapolate from the information I got. And it just, it got to that point where it's like, you're not allowing me to help you, right? And you're not allowing me to expedite this process for you. And that's, that's, that's what we do as coaches. We expedite that process. That could take someone 40 years or 50 years, or they would never get there if it wasn't for us. Well, it's that. So I had another conversation on the on piggybacking after this counseling session with a lady who's in the 50 year old demographic 
And, you know, I find that like various clients, they fall into like, there's some typical things that you can run across. One of the typical things that I see within the 50 year old demographic with females is you've had 30, 40 years worth of, you know, indoctrination of, you know, certain fitness, Mm -hmm. um, misinformation. I like that word in that particular misinformation. It's, like, <laughs> right. it's a real nice way to say that. So it's, you, so you know, you're, you're learning things from other people that maybe don't know the truth or uh, you have life experiences maybe with your mother and your father, stuff like that. And, and they don't, they move through life and they think they're doing the right things, but it's actually just sort of torturous and miserable. And then they wake up, you know, 30 years in, 40 years in to doing what they thought they were supposed to do. And they realize, well, I did it all wrong. And how do I re-engineer my life to, to be the person that I want to be? Well, that takes all hands on deck. And it's not, and I'm not talking about like me and Laura as coaches, it's you as an individual as a client has to, you have to literally pull the e-brake and say, okay, all the things stop today. Mm-hmm. All the, you know, I, I become first priority because that's the other thing about that demographic is like the majority of those women, they are not putting themselves first. Mm-hmm. They're not caring for themselves. It's all of this information. That's like, the more I give of myself, the more I do, the more I, they're not they're not filling their own cup up they're just pouring it out all the time well we've been taught i mean that that demographic has been taught that you find your value in what you can give to other people right right so when you actually when you actually start to undo all of that there's a lot of fear in there there's a lot of fear of like man i can't i can't face what i can't face what i've done or i can't face what i what i haven't done I don't want to face the potential changes. I don't want to face a lifestyle change, whatever, or co- tough well, conversations. And the like fear that. too, the fear too is that you start changing yourself and, and what everyone's expectations of you and how you interact with them have to change. And one of the base fears is if I don't continue to do all the things for everyone, they will leave. Right. Or right. they won't or they won't need me anymore. And if I'm not needed, where's my value? Right? You get all that mm-hmm. craziness. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I mean, I even struggle with that. It's not just fifty year old ladies, you know. Right. Like I I struggle with that. Uh I know a guy that we were just talking about this the other day who's actually killing it. Um, he's changing his mindset, he's changing his lifestyle, all that stuff too. So there's a lot of applicable stuff and it's like are you willing are you willing to have a hard conversation with yourself because that's what it is the self-awareness part it's like are you willing to sit in your stuff kind of see where you really are pay attention to what you're not doing and what you're doing and does it serve you anymore and it takes a while for certain things to bubble up and to find the root causes of things but that's why laura was saying it's an act of work. Like mm-hmm. I've been, I, what would, what would you say? I hit like a, a new rock bottom 
six or seven months ago, you know? Yeah. It's probably like six or seven months ago. Yeah. And then I've been on this fucking uphill swing. Yeah. But it's been this really gradual sort of like miserable thing that you've had to be a part of the entire time and check in you know on me the entire time. It's 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 so let's let's do the comparison, right? And this is what I talked to you about before, right? I've said this to you. It's like a weight loss journey. What you wanted yes. to see was rock bottom all the way up. Like I am making that straight line for those of you who can't see me with my hand going up at that vertical, like that 45 degree angle, everything improves always, but it's never like that. There's always ups and downs. No. It's a very gradual and, and most of the time it feels like I took two steps forward and five steps back when in fact you really didn't. Right. But it feels that way. It feels that way. Well, it's like a client I have, you know, she dropped like six pounds and then she had a cheat meal and she gained six pounds back and it hasn't <laughs> dropped back yet. Yeah. And she thinks she's like lost. She's gained all this fat, like in literally in a 24 hour time frame. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if the scale is the only thing that we're going to look at, then sure could be true. But I also see your pictures. It's not true. Right. There's so many different variables that go into weight loss, but it's also at the end of the day. It's that it's the squiggly line. Mm -hmm. It's it's like it's, you know, getting knocked down, get back up, get knocked down, get back up. And then sometimes you get really high then you get knocked back down. But it's that progression is it moving in that 45 degree angle in general. Right. And I think that's that's the goal. But I think. You have two choices. When you get knocked down, you can either decide to dig into it as to why you got knocked down, what your role was in it, mm -hmm. and determine whether you're going to go back to that rock bottom area or stay in it, sit in it, or change it. Mm -hmm. And those are the two role. Those are the two things you can do. And I think the majority of our society is saying, I'm just going to sit in. It's too hard. It's too hard to climb out of the hole. Yeah. And, and what and, I would say is it's not. Well, and that, that comes right back to our conversation, right? Of self-awareness is mm -hmm. when you're, when you're in that hole and you want to get out and you're like, I want to get out. You need to get a little bit self-aware. You need to connect back with yourself because you're not getting out of there being on social media or watching YouTube all the time. I mean, you're not, or distracting yourself with whatever it happens to be. That's not going to get you out of that hole. It might feel like it does for a minute, right? But ultimately it's not going to get you out of there. It's interesting too. I was listening to Jocko Willing on a podcast and I like him, but it was a different dynamic this time because he, he was like really matter of fact with the interviewer. And he's usually not like that. He's just a little bit more personable. But the guy was like, do you think motivation's fake? He's like, yeah. He just kind of paused. He's like, why? And he was like, well, you know what you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's not letting you don't know what you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's just you need to go fucking do it. Yeah, you're choosing not to. And, it, and, it, and if you go do it, that's going to motivate you. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I know, like, hitting rock bottom six, seven months ago in my personal life, I knew what I needed to do. 
it's just, I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So that is but, a great place to talk about our six things, right? So we talked about how do we, when we're in that space or not even so much in that space, maybe we're not at rock bottom, but we just need, we're working with a coach, you know, clients out there working with a coach or even a coach working with your mentor, or, right? It applies to all of us. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a rock bottom and some, like, I think it's rock bottom. Mm. You know, it's like different, it's different levels of rock bottom because you have like, you have a personal life where like rock bottom could be like really, really low. Like you're on cocaine or something, can't get <laughs> off of it kind of deal. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. No. But you, you know what I'm saying? But like, mm -hmm. it could be a rock bottom with your, with your health journey. Like you're fucking fed up with your, the fact that you're 300 pounds, whatever that is. Like there's different levels of rock bottom. And I think you just have to get sick and tired of like where you're at. And do you want to move forward or not? And if you want to move forward, you have to understand what got you there mm. and what's going to propel you out of it. So was, do you think that's right? Yes. So ways to okay. cultivate that understanding of what got you there, right? Ways mm. to reconnect with yourself, because like we were talking about, you know, it's so much easier, well, in the moment to not do the work and to just sit in it, right? Just... I'm not mm -hmm. doing anything. I'm just gonna sit here. So ways to cultivate that connection to your to self. We talked about the first one. You talked about time to reflect with your story. You said, you sat, you thought about it. I mean, you you did some real conscious cognitive work around it. You had active thoughts around what was bothering you, right? That's time to reflect. Super important. Second thing that you said was that you talked to friends. You talked to people you know who kind of know the situation or know you really well, people that you trusted, you had a conversation with them in a variety of ways. I think trust, I think trust is the big thing. If you actually have, if you trust somebody implicitly and you can be vulnerable with that person, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to talk to your, hell, it may not even be your coach that you can talk to, or mm -hmm. it, it's got to be somebody that you can trust with, your innermost thoughts. That's what it is. Right. Like that, at least that's what it is for me. Right. Good point. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so time to reflect for yourself, ask, talk to trusted people in your life, whomever that might be. Um, another way is, well, and you kind of, this kind of goes hand in hand with that time to reflect is that mindfulness piece, being present, being mindful. Right. And it sounds like in I actually have a story about that. Go Just a real quick one. Yeah. So the other day I um I had not eaten breakfast. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I don't eat breakfast, I can let the day can get slipped away a little bit. And then I don't usually eat till later. I don't I try not to let that happen too much. But <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine. It wasn't you, but I was talking to a friend of mine. But this can apply to you. This let's just say this is Laura. Because if Laura's hangry, it can things can get derailed. Laura never, quickly. never gets hangry. <laughs> For those of you who are not watching us on YouTube, total sarcasm all over my face. <laughs> so so I was I was hungry. 
And, but I was, I could not manage my emotion. I couldn't regulate my emotions because I was hungry. Mm. And I didn't really realize that I was hungry because I was emotional, <laughs> but I was actually projecting on the other person. She was basically saying, Hey, you need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. And I was like, Hey, don't be, don't be so hangry at me. You need to go eat. Like I was projecting it on her <laughs> saying that she needed to eat the food. And really in all reality, she was just right. Right. The whole time I was hungry and I wasn't being self-aware at the time. And it, I wasn't being mindful of the fact that I had not eaten, which had now put me in this position to where I was acting irrationally, emotionally. And then I had once I got, once I got food, I had to circle back around with that person and be like, Hey, so, um, that Snickers bar commercial, that's exactly what <laughs> happens with me. Right. That's exactly what happens with me. I'm so sorry. Right. So mindfulness, I think is like actually understanding when you're coming off the rails. Right. Yes. And two, to that point then, cause that was what one, two, three, the fourth piece then is, um, like, when when you are being mindful what does that look like um it can be meditation now i just heard like 50 percent of our um our audience's brains shut off and like screech to a stop like meditation people hear that word and they're like ah nope nope because people get this picture that you have to wear the fun robes and burn the incense and have really long hair and you know don't shave your armpits and sit in it you know and, and ohm and do that no that's not meditation meditation is literally just coming back to your breath and being still that's it and i tell this to my clients all the time it's like take three really deep belly breaths right because if we breathe into our shoulders and I'm raising my shoulders when I breathe. That's what we do when we're stressed out. We breathe into our lungs when we're stressed out to bring us back into that space where we can calm down and really be mindful and really reconnect with ourselves. We have to breathe into our belly. What does that look like? That means you sit down and you inhale and as you inhale, your belly expands and then it contracts. And that brings you into that calm space. That is as simple as meditation can be. And that brings you, that is the fastest way to bring yourself back into connection and self-awareness of your body and who you are. Simple. Yeah. Just breathe, man, just deep breaths. Um, right. If you wanted to add to that, right? Uh, the fifth, I think it's the fifth piece. If you wanted to add to that, you could add movement to that, which we call yoga because we in the Western world added movement to a yoga practice because in the Eastern cultures, the breathing was the most important part. And if you have ever done yoga, um, and thankfully I am actually an instructor, haven't done it for a while, but um, breathing is the most important part of yoga. The postures are really great. And you know, some people look fabulous doing them and some people actually look like the animals when they're doing them, which is not right. <laughs> um, but the postures don't matter as much. But what's nice about yoga is that it, if you choose to do yoga, number one, there's a lot of great resources on YouTube that are free. Um, but you can also go take classes and be with other people, which is kind of nice because you get a different vibe there and you can get into that presence with yourself 
with music, with stillness, with quiet, very easily um, doing yoga. So, and- Well, here's another question. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, the day that I do yoga is the day that like, the world's coming to end, that's coming to an end. Like, I'm not gonna do it. Oh, there's so many types of yoga though. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not going to be a yogi. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to okay. do it. It's so not, instead of yoga, namaste. you could add like, instead of adding yoga as movement with your breathing, you could go for a walk. That's what I was going to say. So if you don't want to do yoga and go to a class and see people, because you can do thing. it at your house. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. I don't, I'm just telling you, the day that I start stretching in the middle of my floor by myself, I, there's something wrong. There's something different that happening with me. You do it and at I the can't gym. Do it. I can't, no, this is different. I, I'm just telling you, there's a mental block for me in yoga. There's an experience that I don't have to go into. But that's, that's why. Okay. So we're not doing yoga. However, walking, I really enjoy walking. Guess who got me into walking? Don't know. You did. I did? Yeah, because you, you you walk every single day while we talk on the phone, and then eventually I got to the place where I'm going to go for my walk. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized was if we didn't talk and I'm walking and I don't have anything playing in my ears and I'm walking, and it's a silent walk. Mm -hmm. I'm paying attention to my surroundings because you don't want to get hit by a car. However, I'm letting my brain process things. I'm looking from left to right. That looking from left to right is like EMDR therapy was rapid, rapid eye movement therapy, mm -hmm. which basically disengages the amygdala, which allows you to release trauma into the prefrontal cortex so you can process it. And that's actually how the therapy started was the therapist actually started walking and realized, oh, look, my anxiety, my fear of my own emotions, the ability to process this stuff is easier when I'm walking, looking from left to right. And it's like, this, it's not like this really weird, like left to right, left to right, left to right, left to right. <laughs> it's like, you're just casually looking around, right? And it's disengaging that looping pattern in your brain mm. so that you can be still with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the scary thing that people aren't doing. And we touched on that a couple of times, but I just would encourage people. If you increase self-awareness, there's some things that are going to happen. If you're working with a coach, your, your ability to adhere, your ability to improve and your transformation of wherever you're headed is going to be a lot better. One, two, every single one of your relationships is going to get better. Mm. Three, your ability to communicate is going to get better because if you know how you feel on the inside or if you know what brought you where you are, then you're going to be able to put it into words to tell somebody else how you feel so that that communication is more effective. And I think that's where, you know, as coaches, we get really frustrated and here comes those expectations. Um, we get really frustrated because, you know, there's a, a lack of self-awareness that's going on and we are aware. 
we see you as the person that you are when you type your crazy email, when we're on the phone and your tone of voice is like elevated and you don't even know it. You're like, I'm fine. I don't know. I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's like, you're not fine. Just take a minute and listen to yourself. Right. You need to be mindful of how you're talking to me right now. Like I literally was just having a conversation before we got on the phone. Like the person's voice was as if she was on the cliff of the precipice of her life talking about cholesterol. And it's like, honey, the cholesterol is within functional range. Functional range. We are fine. Everything is fine. But she just wanted to fall off the freaking cliff. And it's like, no, the rest of your blood work that shows your stress the hell out. This is this con this conversation is confirming the blood work. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Right. So that's that's where we really get frustrated. So not only and it's not because we have to work with you guys it's because we want better for you like that's where it's coming from we, we actually want better for you so just like get more self-aware folks please <laughs> but ultimately and i i think that is a great place to kind of end this piece is it's not, we, our expectations of our clients aren't there because we're mean, nasty, rotten people. Um, I mean, we have our own work that we do on ourselves and you've explained a lot of that today. Um, thank you for sharing. I mean, that's super courageous to share your journey and where you're at and what you're going through. Um, I have my own journey that I go through and we've talked about that and I'm sure we'll continue to talk right now. I'm just feeling like a big old fat tank over here building muscle. <laughs> um, but, but we don't, we, we, and, and I try and I, and this was part of my conversation with the client that um, I'm no longer working with is I want to do my best work for you because I care about you. Like you're saying, mm -hmm. I want you to do better, not because I want you to do better, but because I know you're going to feel better and I know your life is going to be better. And I want to hear the joy in your voice and I want to see the joy on your face when we zoom or whatever it is, um, because now I'm your coach and I'm bought in and I, I'm bought in because I care about you as a human being and I want you to be better and feel better and do better and all those things. And when you don't actively participate or you don't you know, you're unable to tell the truth or you're, you know, whatever that is, or you're not self-aware. That's what we have to work on because I can do all the things I can do. Coach Kenneth, you can do all the things you can do. But if, if the client isn't going to participate in that self-awareness and help dig in and peel back those layers, what we do is truly only going to be surface stuff because we can't get you to the point where it's going to last. Yeah. And and that's what, why we do what we do is because it's not just a job. And I said this to my husband last night, I, this isn't just a job. This isn't just a job. We're changing lives. I want to change lives. And that affects me when lives are being changed in a good way. And when I'm unable to help someone change their life, that affects me. Personally. Yeah. I mean, like, I think. Every coach that I know that cares on the level that we care struggles with the inability to see people succeed and then absolutely celebrates things when people do. Like I get emotional in both cases. 
So, like, I've already told Ryan Farida, you know, we're getting ready to go into nationals here in about 13, 12 to 13 weeks. If and when he wins his pro card, he's going to see a freaking emotional side of me he's probably never seen before. I'm going to be so freaking happy that I don't, hell, I don't know. I might strip down and run down the street streaking. Who knows? I don't know. That's great. But, but like, you know. Last week, have a scenario and, you know, somebody, somebody basically doesn't live up to their potential and that, that affects me, right? Because I care about them on a deep level and it's hard not to care about your clients when you're in control of 90% of what they're supposed to do in their day-to-day life. Yeah. And so I think, you know, to close it out, I think that's why we're wanting to talk about self-awareness is because not only is it, you know, important for you just as a general purpose, but it's, you know, for our clients listening, it's going to do nothing but help our relationship. And it's really, it's really the main pandemic that I see. It's not COVID or whatever else is coming up over the horizon. We live in a society full of people that are not self-aware of what's happening. And and it's not necessarily what's happening around them, but it's what's happening on the inside. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, check out the show notes. We will have all six things listed for you to help you build your own self-awareness or connection to self. And as always, um, our information will be below. If you want to just chat with us, Um, either one of us, um, because you're wondering about coaching or you have questions about whatever it is. We both do free consultation calls and we'll answer your questions. And if you have questions that you want us to talk about or topics you want us to talk about, make sure you hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or, um, or even in the podcast, right? Write us a little comment Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we will, uh, we'll set up some shows that are things that you want to hear about in particular. So everybody have a great rest of your week and hopefully spring will rain sunshine on us soon. Those of us in the Northern climbs, and I will talk to you soon. Everybody have Mm -hmm. a 